I'm Ed Gross, and this is CloserWeekly.com's classic TV and film podcast, where we celebrate the golden age of television and movies, then and now. Today, it's the story of a man named Brady, Greg Brady, or as some of you may know him, Johnny Bravo. Actually, it's the story of Barry Williams, who played Greg Brady on The Brady Bunch. The Brady Bunch ran on ABC from 1969 to 1974, and has been on the air ever since in reruns. It's a true example of classic TV in that it has been appealing to one generation after another and shows no sign of disappearing. One thing about The Brady Bunch that you may or may not know is just how many spin-offs the show has had. There was the Saturday morning cartoon The Brady Kids, with the six of them interacted with a couple of pandas and a talking magic crow. That led to the Brady Bunch Hour, which had the cast as the Bradys, hosting their own variety show. From there, we got the Brady Girls Get Married, the Brady Brides, A Very Brady Christmas, and the Bradys, the last of which was actually a drama. Somebody thought that was a good idea. It wasn't. We recently had the chance to talk with Barry about the Brady Bunch and the many projects he's worked on since, including his being a promotional spokesperson for MeTV. Oh, and a note about the audio. The interview was recorded prior to our switching over to fancier equipment, so please bear with us. Barry, we are here. How are you? Okay. How is it being a spokesman for MeTV? You know, how did that come about, and what has that been like? I'm just curious. Well, um, the Brady Bunch, as a television show, has has a large presence on MeTV and has since it began. And um, they, uh, I've, I've moved to the Ozark Mountains wow. in near Springfield, um, Missouri, uh, to Branson. And which is pretty close to Chicago, which is where they're based. Oh, okay. So in my trips to Chicago, um, I've been contacted by them over the years as I've been doing my show here in Branson. And so uh, they were looking for a new spokesperson for their summer of me, which usually features like what they would call a classic TV star. And uh, they reached out to me. Um, I am a big, uh, I'm a, a watcher, uh, of, of the, uh, of me TV. And, um, I really like their approach to what they do and the sense of humor yeah. with which they introduce it. Um, the pro kind of programming that they do. Uh, I know there's a lot of competition in that field, but I, I, I very much like their, their approach. And, um, so we were able to put a deal together. I've traveled all over the country on their behalf and, continue to work for them this year and um I, I had a lot of fun making the the vignettes for uh, their programming um which allowed me to literally go to gilligan's island or <laughs> knock on the door on the mansion door of the beverly hillbillies i had a conversation with ward cleaver uh, i gotta check those out I'm, i didn't even know that that's great I went. I went surfing again in Hawaii uh, <laughs> with the tiki. <laughs> so um, it's uh, uh, it's really been a, a fun experience, and that's uh, I, I think a good fit for everybody. Very cool. You know, when you travel around and you meet people and that sort of thing, what are you finding? Are they are they across the board in terms of age? I mean, what what are you finding in terms of the people who are out there to see you? Well, this one of the more fascinating things about the Brady Bunch, I think there is, and that is the show cuts across virtually every demographic there is. At first, it's 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 uh, multi generational. Uh, 
I I have since closed my show here in Branson, but I, I performed here for six years. Wow. And it's a pretty good cross-section of middle America, um, some six million visitors a year come in for a few days, four or five days, um, to a, to a town that only has 11,000 people wow. full time. And, um, there, uh, I would see grandpas to grandchildren and parents in between, um, all ethnic bases. Um, and, uh, and of course religion. So I, <laughs> The Brady Bunch has enjoyed, from my experience, uh, a uh, universal kind of appeal. Mm-hmm. Now, the, the same thing happens, and I, and I found this to be on promotional uh, junkets, where uh, you're probably aware that there are many, or not many, but the, the few major, major radio station owners, uh, like iHeart Television, right. um, they, they are, they are uh, housed in uh, usually one large building with all the different formats mm-hmm. for radio, uh, classic, uh, classic rock, oldies, uh, contemporary hip hop, rap, country, gospel, talk news, uh, all the, all the formats. So I might be invited in to, let's say, uh, classic, you know, oldies or classic rock. Mm-hmm. And, um, to do an interview because you know I'm, I'm in town doing an appearance, uh, an event, uh, a play, uh, you know, something. And <laughs> before I leave, I will do virtually every single format in that building. Wow. Which I mean, you know, uh, Elton John doesn't enjoy that. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, it's a good so point. It's uh, it, it's a, a phenomenon. Of, of sorts, uh, and it's one I'm grateful for, and 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 very pleased. So, uh, there you go. That's that's what I find when I when I travel. I've had uh, bus drivers in New York City on Madison Avenue stop in the middle of the street just to have himself and the passengers wave at me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure New York drivers <laughs> like that. <laughs> yeah, it's very cool. It is. Uh, it's very cool. I, um, this last year, uh, I, I uh, went down to uh, North Carolina to sing the national anthem for NASCAR. Right. They had the Bojangles. Um, uh, it was a kickoff of the season. And so there again, you know, there are 80,000 people there um, and networks and, and all the drivers and stuff. And I was invited to do the anthem. So those those are the kinds of, you know, honors that uh, might come the way of Greg Brady or myself and uh, that I am able to enjoy kind of as a result of the platform of the show. Yeah. But is it shocking at all? I mean, look, I know there are a lot of shows that, you know, they'll have a 20 year afterlife. They might have a 30 year afterlife, but we're 50 years later. I mean, is that mind blowing to you at all? Or have you gotten so used to it that doesn't, it doesn't shock you at all? It's absolutely mind blowing. Okay. Um, but there's no, I mean, I just don't stay stuck in that I, oh, of course. You know, because what there, there are things to do with that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> and, and, and to, uh, appreciate and to, uh, and to enjoy and be grateful for. And, uh, I'm all of those things. And I, I, I try and, and repurpose, uh, that kind of, uh, of, uh, familiarity. Mm-hmm. 
Absolutely. I mean, you got to ride that wave. <laughs> you know what I mean? In a good way, in a very positive way. So that's well, great. without the tiki. Yeah, that's right. Without the, <laughs> without the tiki. Very good. Uh, what do you think it is? I mean, look, The Brady Bunch is such a wholesome show in so many ways. And I love it. I mean, I grew up with it myself. Uh, you know, in its original run. Uh, but what is it in, especially now, we're in such sort of cynical times in a lot of ways. Why does it still appeal, do you think? I know that's a cliched question, but it's a very different world now. It is. Um, I I actually came upon some observations in the last couple of years. And I, have, I go back to MeTV because I, uh, I, I wrote the book, Growing Up Brady. Right. And I studied the, the episodes at the time I wrote that book, but it's been many years since I've seen episodes until the last couple of years uh, with my association with MeTV and when I just have MeTV on. Right. And when episodes come up, I just I watch them. Um, and I, I noticed that there's a difference in storytelling. Our episodes told stories, plot, subplot. The only two things going on. And we spent the entire half an hour on the development and resolution of those stories. Mm -hmm. So they're really clean. Um, uh, they're not, it's not just joke, 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 joke. You're not just flitting back and forth in kind of a, uh, the, uh, you know, key swipe, computer key swipe, uh, fashion mm -hmm. of editing. It's so popular today. Um, we had full scenes and you, there was emotion attached to it and it, it didn't all just wind up in a, a cute little, you know, like answer. Um, the episodes did, but the scenes did. Right. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> I didn't want to challenge you on that uh, one, but yes, fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> um, so there's, there is that. Um, it's a different style of, of, um, of, of, of episodic television making. Right. Uh, of a different style of storytelling. It's a lot of uh, movie aficionados will tell you in the uh, in the forties and the fifties the uh, the movies were all about the story. You know, mm -hmm. the great detective movies, and you know this is how we got to know our you know the, our our iconic stars of the day, the Bogarts and Bacalls and uh, um, and the like, and because they were telling these stories that we really cared about today oftentimes we're you know it's effects and it's action and it's movement and it's thrilling and it's it's um shocking and you know the other there's other focus right um so i think that is ingrained episodes into people's minds that have watched the show after even one or two or three or four times watching an episode they go, oh yeah that's the one where or that's the one where mm -hmm. and i when i talk to audiences I can talk in that in those terms. I say, well, now there was this time when uh, little Cindy lost her beloved doll, and people would go, "Kitty carry all." <laughs> <laughs> but fortunately, we found it in the dogs uh, in in the doghouse. Tigers, you know, they'll do that. Um, <laughs> Where is Tiger? He just disappeared. Good. Anyway, <laughs> so. Um, so I think that's that's a part of it. Mm -hmm. But beyond that, and and what I really believe the reason that it's had that it's become it has become so uh, uh, deeply ingrained is it has to do with chemistry. And our show had a, an undeniable chemistry. Mm -hmm. uh, our character, we people, 
as people and actors, we liked each other. We cared about each other. We protected each other. We took on those roles in life. I, as a big brother, would be protective, et cetera. And, um, there were, there were middle girl syndromes and <laughs> stuff like that. <laughs> I'm sure. Um, but, uh, but we did, but, but we had a chemistry. Now, chemistry is something you can't fake. You can't, uh, you can't write it. Mm-hmm. You can't pretend it. You can't act it. You can't, it's there. It's not there. And I, as I look at episodes, I can see it. I mean, I can just absolutely see it and feel it. And I think that perhaps among uh, all of the qualities of the show is most responsible for its sustained um, uh, popularity. And, um, and then, of course, as a show, we weren't really taking stands. We weren't, aside from the clothes, really right. tied to any particular <laughs> – uh, you know, time frame. Um, they, uh, uh, we talked, it was morals. It was uh, communication. It was supporting one another. It was a uh, family dynamic. It was the stories that, you know, all ki- almost all kids grow up experiencing and how we handled them. All of those things that are timeless, mm-hmm. uh, before us ever since. And that kind of, and that's what, you know, that, that, that was the, uh, uh, the, the focus of each episode and our creator, uh, Sherwood Schwartz. Right. Absolutely. You, you look at a lot of shows and, you know, not, not to cliche it all up, but a lot of shows have young casts that have really hard lives after the shows. Now, yes, Maureen had her issues. We, you know, it's been well publicized. But for the most part, and I'm not saying times weren't tough, but you guys all came out of this relatively unscathed, or it seems like you did anyway. There are a couple of things that differentiated us from uh, many of the other sort of uh, what you call child actors, mm-hmm. uh, child stars of the day. Right. Um, and chief among them is there were six of us. Right. As opposed to one or two mm-hmm. in the show. Uh, and that creates a whole different dynamic uh, because it's not just the, the kid trying to figure it out. There's six of us trying to figure out what's going on and what's all this attention about and, and the workload, the responsibility, the things, uh, people coming up to us, adjustments in school, adjustments in public, being recognized, um, and traveling, all of that kind of thing. And so we could lean on one another. Um, but it's also so, and I don't know if Mr. Schwartz knew this at the time, but every one of our of our cast members, now the kids, mm-hmm. came from nuclear families. There were no divorces oh, at the t- uh, okay. prior to or during the time of filming the Brady Bunch, which means that we all had these families, like real families, that we went back to and 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 were stabilizing forces in our in our world. So, I think that contributed heavily to. Uh, our ability to mature and and grow up uh, in in the public, and then and then uh, uh, ultimately adjust to being adults. Well, it worked. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because yeah. that is one of the amazing things I think when I look back at you guys. Um, mm-hmm. when, Me too. When you, well, good. When you look back at the Brady Bunch, you know what? What are your overwhelming? thoughts you know i mean because i don't want to sit here and say did you like this did you like that did you like this for you personally when you look back at that show 
What are the, the, the initial things that come to mind for you? Well, I come from it at a completely different place. I didn't come from it as a fan of the show, and I didn't right. come from it as a viewer. I came from it as a creator um, and, and talent as, a, as, you know, as, a, as an actor. So I, <laughs> I was all about the anatomy of it. How did this work? How do these different departments um, uh, interact and interface to make things happen? Right. I was fascinated with lights, with direction, production, writing, um, uh, staging, all of that stuff. And so that's uh, now those things go on in, in um, any production, mm-hmm. but I was most impressionable being 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then finally when it went off the air when I was 20. So um, <laughs> that's what I think about, how cool that was to grow up in that world. Yeah. You know, was it was it hard when it ended, or was there a relief after so many years? Or? It's, I think people had different reactions. It was uh, devastating for me. I re- really? I had a lot to do. <laughs> I thought I was going to get to go to college. Um, I was looking forward to you know getting out of the house and maybe moving into my own show and and things like that because I had those kinds of ambitions. Right. And um, so we had been promised that it would go another year, and then at the last minute, like. And, and by that, I mean three weeks before we were to start production, they pulled the plug. Did they really that close to the next season? Yeah. Yeah, and there's a story that I tell, too, about that. And this goes also to answering your question about why sometimes kids have a tough time yeah. when the show ends, adjusting you know, back into what you could call the real world or into society or you know, with getting along with their friends. Um, when you're working in a t- television show, like especially a network television show, uh, it's pr- it's very privileged. There are a lot of people around that are there to help you to make sure that if you need a cup of coffee or ask for a cup of coffee, you get a cup of coffee. Um, people look after your clothes, your hair, your um, uh, helping you with your lines, with in our case school, and it's, it goes on and on and on. Uh, that are all part of being a production and making a production move forward. Uh, I, I got a call on Friday after late afternoon, 5 p.m., 6 p.m. Barry's show's been canceled. Okay. So on Monday, I get up and I drive to the theater to clean out my dressing room. Right. And the guard at the, uh, at, at, at the gate to Paramount Studios, whom I have been saying, hi, Fritz. For the last five years, virtually every morning, says, oh, hello, Mr. Williams. Uh, what's up? And so I'm going to clear out my dressing room. And he asked me if I had a pass to get on to the studio lot. Get out of here. Really? And I, I said, uh, is one necessary? And he said, well, y- yes. So I had to pull over uh, while he was able to get me a pass for guest parking. Oh and um, so I went in and I drove to my parking space. You know, that's where I park. Yeah. Where my, na- my name had been painted over and replaced both. Oh, my God. How quick was this? From Friday and I went in Monday. Oh, my God. And I was in in the morning. So like 10 a.m., yeah. 9.30 a.m. And so it had been done. I was gone. I was out. And that was a major wake-up call. In terms of what this business is like, you mean, or yes, yeah, and what to expect? 
you know, here today, gone tomorrow. Yeah. Done. You've been nice. That's been fun. There's no, you know, the, the, the machine marches on. And not just in show business, of course, but for someone who didn't see that coming, yeah. and many children, kids don't, especially when they're protected for so many years, then it's quite a shock. Oh, yeah. It, and how do you not get bitter over something like that? Well, I, I, I can't say that not, uh, that uh, all of us didn't. Yeah. Um, I know. I, You know, once you've been... Every, the meat at the market, the meat market in Hollywood <laughs> is always about new. Yeah. It's always about fresh. It's always about different. And, you know, here I've been, I've been on a show for five years. Uh, they, producers, casting directors, directors, studios, networks tend to put you on hold for a bit, like a few years, kind of let everything cool off before you, you'll start working again. Yeah. And, you know that you. Uh, that's when you you either you either grow up, or you get bitter and stay there. Right. And there's no point in staying bitter because you're not doing yourself or anybody you know any good. If you stay bitter, right. unless you, unless you did Barry and you're hiding it very well. <laughs> so. Well, no, I I, I went outside uh, television. Yeah. I, I started a whole new career in musical musical theater and. Um, flourished, uh, so that you know, that's that's worked out fine with me, and I've been able to integrate television back into it. And now, I've uh, I've virtually uh, uh, been active in nearly every aspect of show business, or certainly all the aspects I'm interested in, um, with some degree of success, which would be television and musical theater, including Broadway, um, national tours. Um, I've, I've performed in Las Vegas. I've recorded uh, CDs. I've written a best-selling book. I've produced a tel- that that book into a television movie for right. NBC. I've been a radio DJ on Sirius. I've been a, uh, a writer uh, uh, on different TV shows. I've had my own TV show, a very Barry Branson, um, that was about my adventures. You know, uh, big fish, small pond kind of thing in here in Branson. Right. Um, so I'm at, and that was a musical variety kind of rock and roll show, uh, that I did here, uh, and, um, 70s music celebration. It was called 70s music celebration. Okay. So, um, I'm, you know, I'm, uh, you know, I'm pleased things, things have worked out just fine. Good. Happy to hear that. Seriously. What, what, what made you move to Branson? I'm just curious why, why, you know, why leave the lovely world of Hollywood behind? <laughs> Go to Branson. Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, <laughs> you're, I know you're kidding about it, but you're hitting on it. Too. Yeah. Um, the, uh, I, I was very much attracted to the entertainment community, big, strong, uh, centralized entertainment community in Branson. Um, Andy Williams had moved here full-time he could live anywhere right um and if, if you tony orlando is here and he's been a friend for many many years since since the brady days mm-hmm. um and uh any number of people i mean from glenn campbell to wayne newton to uh to uh mo bandy to <laughs> it goes on and on and on and on and on uh, have been here and thrived here um and so I thought, wow, this would be a, a great place where I might be able to do the show I've always wanted to do, 
a musical musical variety show and live band, big cast, play the guitar. Johnny Bravo lives. There you kind of go. <laughs> and um, and um, came and fell in love with the place. I, I fell in love with the energy, I, with the mountains, with the people. It's much more relaxed. I live on a great big lake with 1,100 miles of shoreline and. Um, wow. it's, uh, it's, it's a great, it's a very good and more relaxed, uh, style of, of high quality of life. Yeah. So even though I'm not doing my show anymore, I still make my home here and, and expect I will for, for good. Now, do you expect to resurrect the show at any point or do you think you've done that long enough now you have to do something different? Yeah, I've done it. Did it for six years. It was very well received. I won a uh, best show a couple of times. Um, and, uh, uh, I, I really felt, um, uh, uh, very complete with it. And I'm fortunate enough to have interest, you know, all over the country. Mm-hmm. And so I, I'm, I'm able to, I was doing 125 shows a year Wow! and a big schedule. And that's, and that's basically in six and a half months. So, um, it was a big schedule and now I can kind of pick and choose more. I um, have lots of little projects that I work on and develop. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm working on developing right now a classic television star cruise in the Caribbean. Um, oh, bringing that could in, be cool. you know, Yeah, where we can hang out. We can do uh, we can do panels. We can do fun things with with people. We could have Don Wells. And do a, 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 a Gilligan's Island treasure hunt for Greg Brady's tiki on shore <laughs> with prizes. It's a crossover. <laughs> you know, we can do, you know, uh, all kinds of things with people, my friends, you know, people that I've known and, and worked and would, you know, probably love to be on a crew and, and uh, seven or eight hundred or a thousand of their, of their loyal fans. So, it, you know, things keep expanding that way. Let me know when you're doing that cruise. My wife and I would love it. <laughs> well, I have a conference call with uh, Time uh, Time Warner. Uh, excuse me, Time Life tomorrow, and cool. <laughs> we are we are targeting uh, spring of uh, nineteen. Really? Oh, I gotta I gotta t- mention that because we're both classic TV nuts. So you know, all the shows we grew up with, we still love. And it would be, don't you think? I mean, it would yeah. be such great fun for everybody, and uh, you know, we'd mingle. I'm thinking about doing karaoke with. Uh, Anson Williams and Donnie Most. Right. Um, I'm I'm signing up for doing vow renewals for couples, and <laughs> <laughs> we'll run TV shows all over the ship, uh, TV uh, episodes all over the ship, and yeah, yeah that kind of thing. Honestly, I think it's a great idea. I think there's a lot of people who are into this classic TV thing that would love it. That's that's really terrific. I do too. Yeah, I do too. absolutely. You know, um, what mm-hmm. one thing I wanted to ask, and this could be super quick, just. You, there were all these spinoffs of the Brady's and like almost a word association thing. I just want to know your feelings real quick about these different shows that came after the Brady's uh, the Brady bunch. If mm-hmm. I could, uh, Br- Brady kids, the cartoon, uh, <laughs> looked a lot like the Archies. Didn't it though? <laughs> and do you know why? It's filmation. It was the same company, right? It was well. It was the same company. It was the same wardrobe and same figures with our heads. Was it really? Yeah. Oh my god, <laughs> that's amazing. So, was that fun at all, or was it just goofy? Goofy. Yeah, that's what I thought. You know, plus you got you know Magic Bird and Ping and Pong the pandas. <laughs> yeah. 
Okay. Uh, the Variety Show. Uh, loved our guest stars. Okay. Do you remember who they, I mean, do you, Tina Turner, um, Rich Little, uh, um, we had, uh, um, uh, oh gosh, Who's, hmm. Milton Berle, yeah. um, Farrah Foss, Lee Majors came on, we had, um, uh, Paul Williams, uh, we had, uh, you know, if you, if you Google our show and, and just take a look at the, at, at the star, I mean, it was everybody who was, you know, in show business, um, that came through Rip Taylor and, and, uh, and, um, um, oh, come on, Mr. I'll look it up. Uh, I'll, I'll, look, I'll look up the different Price. names. Uh, oh, Vincent Price. Vincent Price. Vincent. Yeah. Um, it was, it was such fun, you know, to be, you know, around and, and these people that commanded such presence and, you know, we learned a, a lot of things from silly show but you know what can you do was it weird though playing greg brady as part of a variety show <laughs> as opposed to a sitcom well i came off broadway to do it oh did you i was okay. doing oh yeah i was doing pippin okay. in new york and I, when that call came and uh i thought well you know i can do this show in new york for uh that's 600 people a night or i can do this variety show on television for 35 million people a week. Right. So I did that. There you go. The Brady Brides, were you much involved with that? I think you were in the, at least in the beginning, but were you involved with no, the show? It's, you weren't. Not, I was not involved. Okay. Were you in the beginning? Were you like when they got married or you weren't there? I don't remember. Nope. You. Okay. Fair uh, enough. I don't believe so. Oh, okay. I don't believe. I. You know what? That You'd have to, to keep me honest, but I know I was not part of the series for sure. I don't, right. I don't remember being part of the Brady Brides. Okay. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look at that up as we speak. Okay. The Brady's. That'd be you... my least. That, and, and hence, that would be my least favorite of all the reunions. Yeah, I would think so, right? Because it's about the girls anyway. <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. I get that. Uh, oh, then the Brady's, which was, again, they, they kept trying weird twists, like making a trauma, like 30-something or something, because people I know called it Brady-something. What, what's your feeling yeah, about that? Anachronistic. Anachronistic. It's, 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 that's not – once, once, you, once you feel like you know the Brady's, you just, you just don't want the drama. You just want the fun and the silly and – and, and I think that was misguided. Yeah. And it's you know, in one episode, yeah. in one episode, Maureen went from being lovely Marsha to an alcoholic Marsha to a recovered Marsha. Right. You know, that's not. No. <laughs> and you know what's sad about it, though, is that it proved like when they did the movie, a very Brady Christmas or whatever it was, I think that's what it was. Uh, it proved the audience was still interested and still wanted to Very see Brady these Christmas guys. Very Christmas preceded the Brady. Right. 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 So I'm yeah. saying is the movie proved that the audience wanted to still see the, you guys and these characters. And it's like, but to do such a bizarre twist for a guy who – anybody yeah. who grew up on the Brady Bunch is like, what? <laughs> the uh, A Very Brady Christmas in 89 was the second most highly rated television show of the year right. on all three networks. Yeah. Which is kind of my point. The audience was there for yeah. it. It's just like they gave them this weird twist. Hence, overkill. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, so, so that was it for the Bradys. I mean, and I assume you were okay with that. Yes, I was. That was fine. Yeah, okay. Let that go. 
Fair enough. So what's next for you, uh, Barry? You know, obviously the cruise we talked about. I mean, is there anything in particular you want to get out there that you're doing? Or um, A couple of things I, I have become aware of uh, locally here at a company that is um, – it got a great idea for the finest beef in California um, – excuse me, in the U.S. Um, called Wagyu. Have you ever heard of Wagyu beef? No. Or Kobe beef? I've heard of Kobe beef. Okay. Yeah. Same beef, different town. Okay. <laughs> but the same same bloodline. Okay. Uh, and this this gentleman has been raising them for three generations. Now ready and he's creating memberships. Um, Kobe Club, K O B E Club dot com. Um, learn all about that. Uh, it's uh, you know it's the it's what you'd want beef to be. Um, it's healthy. Um, it. Uh, they only they're only processing one steer at a time, so you don't have. If you're having a hamburger, you're not eating little bits and pieces of 150 other cattle. Um, it's uh, there are no hormones or antibiotics, or steroids, none of that. That stuff is a special diet, and as a result, and with this strain of beef, it's uh, it's well, it speaks for itself. But KobeClub.com, and I'm their spokesperson. Um, and I am looking toward doing a Christmas show that will tour uh, mostly the East Coast uh, called Toy Shop. The, it's called The Toy Shop, okay. S-H-O-P-P-E, right. written by Kenny Rogers. Really? And Kenny, Kenny's asked me to step in uh, uh, to the show. He did it for uh, and toured it, but he's asked me to step in uh, this year and um, – and, and and take the lead in this. This is a story, uh, a kind of a sentimental Christmas. Um, the values of the the mean and of the meaning of the season kind of story, musical and songs all written by him and his musicians, and it's quite quite nice. And I'm looking forward to that November, mid November through the end of December. Okay. Anything else, or is that it? Because I'll plug it all, Barry. <laughs> well, no, that's that's enough for now. I mean, those right. are the those are the big, big ticket items. And then when the cruise comes up, then, uh, well, there'll be, a, there'll be more to talk about. Yeah. And we definitely should get, hook up again and talk about that. If you don't mind, uh, when the time comes, cause I could, I would love to promote that actually. By the way, your, your tagline for the beef thing is perfect. It's what you, what you want beef to be. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> We're still playing with, with tags, uh, as we develop the market. I like, um, what, what you want beef to be, or I actually, I thought of, um, uh, uh, the, uh, the, uh, the beef speaks for itself. <laughs> <laughs> I like that too. That's good. Uh, All right, cool. um, and marketing is a, is a very, very funny science. Oh yeah. That's for sure. <laughs> That's one way to put it. Anyway. Well, it's been nice talking with you. Good luck with this, with this story and that we'll be in Dutch. That sounds great. Thanks so much for your time, Barry. I appreciate it. You bet it. Thanks. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye-bye. It was great catching up with Barry Williams and seeing what he's up to and what he thinks of the Brady Bunch. Now, we'd like to know what you think of this podcast. So please leave a comment below, give us a five-star rating, and subscribe, please. This is Ed Gross with CloserWeekly.com's classic TV and film podcast, where we celebrate the golden age of television and movies, then and now.